Hey everybody, this is Jill Renee Feeler and welcome to today's podcast. If you had told me 20 minutes ago that I would be doing a video, I would have said no. <laughs> I had too many things going on at the house this morning and again, I was not going to get ready. So in about six minutes, I threw on makeup, brushed my hair and put on a cute top. So here we go. <laughs> here we go. I miss doing videos too because it feels sort of lame and a little bit half... Uh, half attempted i was gonna say half well you know what i mean anyway <laughs> on the on the youtube video to just put a still shot so i don't like watching somebody's still shot while they talk to me so anyway here we go Alrighty, um let's take a nice deep breath here and do a bit of a connection exercise before we get started with whatever we're gonna do today okay nice deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth and i need the breath today too Hmm. <sighs> okay. And on this next inhale, I encourage you to imagine that there is white light literally within you expanding as you breathe in. It's almost like you're this ball of energy. And as you breathe in, this ball of energy expands and you are expanding as you breathe in. Okay. Okay, nice. And as you exhale, just let go or just set aside anything in your life that you're currently worried about. It's not going to go away by setting it aside, but at least we can give you some space as you're you, okay, uh, in this experience so that at least you have a little bit of time uh, as a break for yourself amidst whatever's going on so that you can take care of yourself and deep, uh, go deeper within yourself to hopefully more glorious layers of you that may have been hiding from you. Okay, nice inhale. Great job. Okay, all right, let's get started today. All right, so what do we do here? For those that are new, um, about 10 years ago, I guess it is now, I discovered that I have um, this very interesting connection to um, I guess it's wisdom, advice, intuition that I, as it's, I come up, I, I want to say I come up with things that I've never studied that tend to be really helpful and very insightful and in a completely different view of this reality and what's going on here. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you're new here, just hang out or try another video that I've done and just see for yourself if you, if you go, hmm, <laughs> or wow, or oh, that's, that helps, that's helpful. I would like everything that we do and offer to be helpful to you and meaningful and applicable in your life. Um, anyway, so that's my, that's my personal objective or I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this to distract you from, from what would be good for you and healthy and well for you in your life and an improvement. Okay. So today we're going to talk about something, um, that I don't normally like to talk about because it's more, um, let's just put it in the weird category and I don't like to be thought of as weird, but I also appreciate that many of us that hang out together on these podcasts um, and through my work, uh, we know that some things that are considered weird are very real and not so weird. And it helps, I feel like it helps us to normalize what is very unusual and sort of taboo subjects. Okay. Um, yeah, so let's just see <laughs> what happens there. Okay. Okay. All right. Hmm. So I don't have anything prepared. I'm just 
sort of like going into a deeper level of myself here. Okay. Okay, good job. Mm. All right, so I'm just going deeper within myself here and allowing myself to access something special for all of us. Okay. Over the past um, couple years, we have been offering an alternative viewpoint to the concept of star seeds. As I recognize that the most expanded we can be in our humanness is a notion of ourselves, a sense of identity that is beyond space and beyond time. It is timeless and it is omnipresent meaning it's a version of our eternal self that there's nowhere that we're not, okay? So we started switching up our language. Instead of saying soul, instead of saying higher self, we started saying eternal self because these terms matter. Um, even higher self when people say it, and as I used to say it, it sort of, um, I think, unconsciously or subconscious, subconsciously perpetuates this idea that this bigger, more glorious version of you is higher above you and outside of you and of course well not of course to some of you but that's definitely not how i see it and that just that's the same problem that a lot of us had with ideas of traditional christianity is it felt like god was on you know a cloud as some fatherly patriarchal figure outside of ourselves and then it's hard to feel that personal connection to um divinity sacredness sovereignty personal authority personal wisdom a sense of what that hell is going on in this reality. So eternal self energy is beyond space, it's beyond time. And I love to help you feel a personal connection to that in some way. Okay, so going back to this idea of star seeds, because I used to consider myself a star seed. And as I, if you will, through connection with what I call my team, my eternal self energy, I realized that by looking at it as by looking at myself as a star seed, I was putting myself in the time space continuum, which at one point in my journey felt like an upgrade. But and another realization, it was like, but wait a minute, that's, that doesn't feel like an upgrade anymore. It now feels like a limitation. So we want to speak to those that maybe at one point had identified themselves as star seeds or currently identify yourself as a star seed. Okay. Okay, I have no idea what we're going to do today. I'm a little nervous and very excited too. Okay, so I'm going to speak from we now. Um, first of all, we want to say we're sorry if we offended anybody. Um, and it felt, we didn't mean for it to feel like we were sort of ripping the rug out from any, from anyone if the idea of a starseed felt really good to you, and then we're sort of dismissing it. That wasn't our intention. Our intention was to offer you an upgrade, as Jill felt an upgrade in her re-identification of, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not from anywhere, so let me reconfigure re who and what, how I view myself that is not from a star. So then you're not an old soul, you're not a new soul, you're, a, you're an energy field that never was not. 
and there's nowhere that you're not, and you're not from anywhere. There's no from, okay? But I don't want to, we don't want to disrespect your sense of personal affinity with a star system, and that can feel very uh, strange, right, in a normal everyday conversation, but to you it feels possibly very real. So what if it's that you're not from there, but there's maybe material that you are comprised of that includes that star energy? That you know yourself as a, as a force like a star? That you feel more closeness perhaps with a star family sense of identity than you do with a human family? identity that is very real for a lot of us and um that matters what what's real to you what, what's real to us matters okay but that doesn't mean you have to know yourself as from there you are a visitor here all life here is visiting no no soul originated here on earth no soul originates in in a star system okay the true sense of origin is beyond space and beyond time. Outside of space-time, beyond space-time, transcendent of a physical reality. So one of the reasons that some of you feel this sense of connection with a star system or within the idea of a starseed family is because you feel more like that than you do human. And you feel very otherworldly. And I can relate to that. <laughs> As Jill, I can relate to that. Um, I've, there was, it wasn't until I was doing work like this that I was uh, in an interview in a conversation with uh, the late Reverend Rhonda Smith. I think her podcasts are still on. Oh my goodness, Sammy, baby, are you okay? Oh my god, can you guys hear him? Honey, are you okay? Okay, I'm right here. He looks good. Okay, I'm watching you, buddy. I'm right here. He did that last night too, and it actually woke me up. I love you. Okay, he's got something going on there. He's had, he's eaten rocks before. Baby. Okay. <laughs> trying to ground himself right anyway okay so samson's in the background i'm keeping my eye my eyes and ears and a <laughs> sense of self on him he is okay he's calmly laying there doing okay okay we're all worried about samson aren't we okay let's get back to the message though too all right <sighs> okay where were we <sighs> okay okay that, thank you Okay, so I remember um, in a conversation with Reverend Rhonda Smith, and I think she was sharing childhood memories, and all of a sudden, I think it was in that interview that I remembered being like eight or nine years old, and my parents were whispering in another room in the house. We lived in Austin, Minnesota at the time, and I remember sort of eavesdropping on what they were talking about, and I had this, and actually, I think I was younger. I think I was six or seven. Hmm. Um, and I was whispering, and a part of me was like, oh, they're going to find out. They're going to find out that I'm not really, like, a member of this family. Like, there's some <laughs> space family that I actually belong to, and that I don't really belong here. I've, I've been outed. <laughs> you know, I've been, they've, they've discovered 
they figured me out, right? I felt so otherworldly and so like I didn't fit in. Um, and I just that was so weird to have that memory like, oh my God, I remember that. Because then obviously I had at some point sort of blocked it out as Jill that, that oh, I guess nobody's coming to get me because <laughs> this, this is it. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta make my way in this world. Um, and I did figure it out, right? Um, in my own way. And I think I blended in and maybe I forgot some stuff. And obviously I had forgotten that memory. So there's this option that we have to try and fit in in ways that make sense to us, while also not losing our sense of otherworldliness. And for some people, identifying themselves as a starseed, no matter what star system it is, I know we can get, there's, uh, I've seen online competitive, you know, competitiveness about, oh, my starseed origination is superior to yours. And almost like people do with an astrological sign. Well, I'm Pisces, so I'm more intuitive than you are. <laughs> you know, you, you dense Taurus folks, you know, there's just this weird um, hierarchy that can be created. And I think that's unfortunate. And it's sort of like racism in a way. Um, Cosmic racism, cosmicism, <laughs> starseedism. <laughs> anyway, I think it's unnecessary. And I don't, I don't think our identity needs that sort of, I'm better because you're less. Why can't we all just be our best self, regardless of, of what else someone is or isn't, right? Why can't we just celebrate who and what we are and make the best of that? Okay, so uh, for those of us that feel rather very otherworldly in, in this way, how... How is that? It's because you are. It's because you know you don't belong here in a way that maybe most humans don't have a concept that there is anywhere else. Um, it is so unique that, that you and I and a group like us that would hang out in a message like this would have a sense of, of knowingness and a sense of awareness that, that we are so much more than our humanness, that, that a story like a, you know, some off-planet energy is more like you than your humanness, than your, the density of your human material, your earthly genetic material, that sort of thing. When we allow ourselves that we can be both and that our humanness is not getting in the way of your divinity or your wisdom or your sacredness, that is a huge upgrade. And that's something that I don't think can be proven to us. It's just something you need to decide. I encourage you to make that choice for yourself that, that at some point along the way, it even if you don't believe it, it's probably healthy to, to pretend it's true, that at some point along the way, you said yes to having um, also a human, because this humanness is going on right alongside all the other ways that you are you as your eternal self. Your eternal self didn't go into a, you know, a comatose state so that you could be human. This, is, this you is going on right alongside at the same time as the beyond time essence of your eternal self. You're not a distraction to your eternal self. You're an addition to your eternal self. You're a plus, not a minus. Okay, so 
you also have more access to your eternal self energy through this choice that you are a choice that you're here through a decision through a plan of your eternal self that you are you and there there always is a degree of of planning and options about who and what you are so the parts about you that you like about you right um, your eternal self, which is also you, right, played a, a pivotal role, a critical role in that. The parts about you that you don't like about you, maybe your eternal self is actually like, God, I wish they could just see that that's actually an amazing quality of, of that me, <laughs> right? And a, a funny example I use is my impatience. I get super impatient. And by most people's standards, that should be a deficiency that I'm trying to work on and get rid of. But what I realize is, because I know myself as sort of a leader and a pioneer and uh, self initiated, and I'll say things that I know as true, even if I've never heard anyone else say that alongside me, there's a boldness and a bluntness to me about just willing to throw things out there. If I were patient, I would be more likely to hold on to those things and not share them with you and not share them in this world. So my impatience of it's it's very natural that when I get a big aha moment, I'm like, Oh, my God, I just want to throw this out there because it feels helpful to me, it might be helpful to somebody else. See, if I were patient, that would not be my norm, that would not be my modus operandi. So I would hang on to a whole bunch of stuff and would be holding back from what may be helpful to you. It's not my job to decide what's helpful to you. That's your job. So you get to decide what of my materials or anyone's materials or wisdom or whatever is, you know, additive to you being your best you or <laughs> negative, <laughs> uh, subtractive to your being your most amazing you. All right. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay. So then it's in your hands. I just, my job is to put it out there. Your job is to do what you will with it. Right. Okay. So this sense of purpose in your being you, let's sort of, uh, let's dismantle that and put it back together as well. <sighs> okay. Some of us, because of maybe the personal risks that we've taken or the pain that we've experienced in our humanness, we almost demand a really big sense of this better be for something big. Hang on, I need to get a drink of water. <clears throat> okay. <sighs> because what some of what some in a group like this, or just in general, anyone on earth, right, has the possibility that they've been through hell and back. And as they maybe become more conscious, or as they already were more conscious, they're like, this better be worth, this better have a meaning somewhere, because I just cannot accept that this was just for the pain and suffering, right? Even if it's not related to their pain and suffering, it's just in general, the pain and suffering that can happen here for so many people. Um, there better be a reason for this is what we say, right? So with that line of logic, we become a bit obstinate and stubborn about it's almost like the reason better be good. So what we've done with that 
line of reasoning is we have attached our sense of purpose to some reasons that are not true. And that's a problem because then we are, we're operating in a framework that is out of authenticity, it's out of integrity, and it's a lie, right? So it's already jacked up, it's already a mess. And that's not a great system to operate within, right? So some examples of those, well, let's tell the truth first. <laughs> let's tell the truth first. And then, and then you can say, but what about, <laughs> right? Okay. Because the real reason that there is any, um, any bit of pain and suffering in this reality is because this reality includes the option of acting as if one is not creator source. This reality allows for forgetting that all life is precious, that all life is valuable, that all life is sacred and godly. Just take a nice big breath with me on that important premise. What do you think happens when a being that's as powerful as a human is forgetting that it is God energy? Sometimes if that God energy is forgetting it's God energy and it's in a very powerful, humans are a very powerful life force on earth. I think we can all agree with that. And that power can be used for good or it can be used for horror. Some energy, when it's forgetting that it's God, is still good. It, it doesn't intend harm on anyone else. Um, it's just trying to get by, <laughs> you know. Um, it may do good things for self. It may do good things for others. Not that different than like in a classroom when we were in school, right? When the teacher leaves the room and you know the teacher isn't coming back for a while, there are some kids that just cause trouble. They throw spit wads, they, you know, they, you know, slack off, they goof off, they do mean things to other people maybe. And other people, when the teacher leaves, they're still good. <laughs> they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> um, they're not trying to get in anyone's way. Um, there's just a whole wide range of possibilities that, that any one person is capable of and any group is capable of when the teacher is out of the room, okay? That is, in many ways, what this reality allows for. So it wasn't created for pain and suffering. It wasn't created so that an unevolved soul can learn lessons. So Earth to us is not a school. Earth is a very carefully designed experiencing place where one can forget that it's God and one can, if, <laughs> if, the, if the energies are patterned correctly, can remember that they are one with Source Creator God. Um, depending on the age and so many other variables, right? 
And the fact that this all happens in one place, just like in that classroom where there's kids sitting there doing the right thing, even when nobody's looking, natural integrity, right? Our chosen integrity. And then there's those sitting right next to them that are like, what is wrong with you? So you're only a good person when somebody's watching? Like, ew, <laughs> gross, right? Yeah, yeah they're right. <laughs> they're right next to us, right? As if we need a reminder of that. So earth is like that. So you have someone like Jesus show up, right? Yeshua. <sighs> Doing beautiful things when, when supposedly no one was looking and no one was looking, meaning that the rest of the world was forgetting that it is one with God. He didn't forget though, right? So he's here and he's trying to help others remember that they, that they are, are, there's goodness and there's godliness and that there is a God and uh, trying to be an example of that, right? As, as his one. And then the people in the classroom, right? That are, that are pretending that no one's looking, they kill him for it, right? <sighs> this is such a strange place. So, I mean, some would ask, why would they, why would we come here? Um, well, Yeshua came because he loves God and he loves humanity and he respects what this reality is for and wanted to try to make it better. Maybe that's you. And maybe that purpose is not good enough for some of you based on either what you've been through personally or what you've seen going on in this world. It's like, that's it. That's not a good enough answer. Well, that doesn't mean it's not true. Eternal energy is by design protected from this reality. There is like a bubble around this reality because it's some part of ourselves in the creation, the origin story of earth and life on earth and humanity. There was the recognition that, you know, when we're forgetting we're God, we may do really, really stupid things. So let's protect <laughs> the all that is, let's protect source energy and all of our eternal self energy from what may go badly there. And let's um, make sure that the eternal self energy of all life that may experience Earth is always okay, no matter what happens on Earth. Okay? So I don't like it either when I see someone suffering, when I see someone with it seems like limited ability to get their shit together, right? Or they just seem to have the worst luck ever and all these bad things are happening to them. I don't like that. And I don't, I, I completely reject this idea that their, their soul must be unevolved and that there's some must be some karmic debt that they're figuring out and they're here to learn. And this must be somehow okay that they're suffering. I don't want to justify pain and suffering. And it's not true to me. It is a lie. From what I am shown from my divine connection, which is all I can offer you. It is a lie that somebody that's had a shitty life deserves that life. It's a lie that their eternal self 
didn't know better. So they created this really shitty experience for them to to have here and that they're hoping they'll figure some stuff out so that the next life can be better. No, the whole thing just sucks. Their eternal self is looking at their one, their humanness and saying, damn, oh, shoot, I wish that wasn't happening to my me. I wish I could interact more fully with that me or pull them out or tell them they're going to be okay. Remind them that there's weird layers of, of dimensional energy that's, that seem to separate and isolate them from what I know is the eternal self as their godliness. I wish I could funnel instructions to them and say, hey, stop listening to that jerk. They're beating the crap out of you and they're calling it love. And... <sighs> Parents aren't supposed to treat you that way, or boyfriends or girlfriends aren't supposed to treat you that way, or a boss isn't supposed to treat you that way, or, I mean, on and on and on and on and on, right? So in our desire to come up with a purpose for pain, we came up with a lot of seemingly rational, but bullshit stories to explain why pain and suffering happens here. And some of you may currently think that, nope, that's how it works, Jill. You just don't know. You haven't read this. You haven't seen that. You haven't heard so-and-so. Or all of those people, and I know they're in the majority and I'm in the minority, or all of them are wrong. And they're doing the best they can. They're doing the best they can with what they know, and that is their current truth. Maybe if they just stood apart from their truth for a moment, they could actually see the, the reason and purpose and rationale of what I'm describing and say, oh, that would be a very different explanation for pain and suffering. That would be a very different version of what our soul is. That is an upgrade of the soul because it's not a version of the soul that's an accumulation of experiences lifetimes, incarnations, right? You with me? <laughs> okay, we're getting we're getting somewhere, aren't we? Okay, so I know some of your brains are in a pretzel. <laughs> I know that I know that when we offer something so radically different than than what you've identified as no, I got it. This is it. I got the truth. Finally, leave me alone. This makes sense. This is better than I had before. Don't tell me anything different. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I'm telling you something different. And the reason I'm telling it to you is because it will allow you a more personal connection to God that loves you and that loves all life here and is not okay with pain and suffering in this reality and is done anytime we're done with this, these faulty teachings that make us want to rationalize pain and suffering as somehow beneficial. Okay, you may want to listen to this many, many times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take as many times as you need. It's free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay. So I had a client recently who enjoys these videos. Hello, Michelle. And she asked in her private session, she said, so if earth 
I think it was Michelle. If Earth isn't a school, no, it wasn't. It was Natalie. Natalie, shout out to you. Um, she was saying, if Earth isn't a school, then how can I explain all the lessons I've learned? And I was like, yes, thank you for that question. Because I do get questions similar to that very often, and I would love to uh, further articulate what we mean by that. Just because Earth isn't a school doesn't mean lessons aren't learned, okay? When did you graduate <laughs> from high school or college or whatever? Are you still learning? Yes. And that doesn't have to mean Earth is a school. There is, there, for anyone that is, that is striving for, I want to be better. I want to, I want to evolve. I want to progress, <laughs> right? Versus regress or just stay stuck. I want to get as much out of this experience as possible. Yeah, that can obviously mean, hopefully mean that when bad things happen to you or when, thing, or when things just don't go your way, that you're like, okay, what can I learn from this, right? But the, the idea that your soul needed to learn that, that's where we run into trouble, right? So just because earth in, in, in our truth is not a school does not mean there aren't lessons, so we complimented Natalie, if I remember correctly, in that session that she was fighting for her lessons. <laughs> there was a part of her that was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I've learned really good stuff here. And, and I, I want to claim the, the things I've learned. Good. I love that, that we loved it. That I loved it and we loved it. That she was fighting for those lessons and that sense of, no, 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 I've gotten better here. Awesome. That's wonderful. What a great use of your time on earth, right? Is to be like, okay, when an asshole does this, or when somebody is forgetting their God and they do this, then it made me feel this way. And how do I want to respond next time so that I don't feel like hit by a bus, right? How can I, how can I do this thing of me being me better, which is awesome, right? So your lessons can be lessons without your eternal self or your soul having needed to learn them. Because anything that has been hard for you or is hard for you, there is so much grace. Oh, thank God for the grace offered to you in whatever has been hard. So so what you have learned here, that's awesome. Take it with you, right? When, whenever you're done with, with this you, this human journey of you, that will definitely affect the consciousness that, that you are in this reality that rejoins, right? In a conscious way with the eternal self-energy. And it adds to your eternal self-energy. But it doesn't add to it as something that had been incomplete, it adds to your eternal self energy as something that was never not complete, was never not whole. Because there's always more. That's what makes source energy, that's what makes God energy infinite, is that there's always more. What else can we be? Hmm. Earth is a very special part of that part of source energy. What else can we be? And in this reality that you and I call Earth, home, our, our present state of, of beingness, right? Our present location. 
<laughs> there is this option here, which is very unique. It's not the only place that this happens, as I understand it, but is it's one of we don't do this, so we don't do this in too many places. It has to be very carefully designed so that it's not harmful in a in a worse way than it already is to the life forms that are here, right? <sighs> we have the option of forgetting that we're God. So if you look at consciousness similar to the spectrum of light, right? There's the visible spectrum of light and there's the invisible spectrum of light. Your eternal self can see all of the light, the visible and the supposedly invisible. In our earthly realm, we're at a limit to consciousness where we can only see the visible spectrum of light. That is a metaphor that we're using there for consciousness. In this reality, we feel, most of us anyway, <laughs> depending on how you pre-wired yourself with what is sometimes called starseed, otherworldly, alien, ET energy, right? Most of the humans that are here only sense they have access to the visible spectrum of light. Roygebiv, right? The rainbow spectrum. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet. Did I get them all? Roy, G, Biv. <laughs> anyway, okay. So that visible spectrum of light is like the normal consciousness that only interacts through the five human senses, right? And maybe a bit more called the sixth sense, right? That's what most people have to work with. And then there's a group like us, <laughs> right? This is very different. And we're like, I oh, don't know, no, there's so much more than that. I get these, you know, downloads or uploads, or I see auras, or, you know, we just so a group like this has so many um, unusual, otherworldly, atypical, weird sorts of experiences that are beyond the normal, beyond the five human senses, beyond, I mean, the idea of calling it a sixth sense is like, that's, <laughs> that's a that doesn't even begin to describe it. It's so much more than a sixth. Oh, another one. It's like a whole other range, right? A whole other range of consciousness that most humans don't know is real, may not believe is real, and don't believe you have access to or that I have access to. <sighs> At some point, I think, and I know this is true for me, at some point it's healthy to say, you just don't get it, <laughs> right? And also another upgrade is don't ask them to get it. I, they just don't get it, <laughs> right? I wouldn't ask a blind person to see. I wouldn't ask somebody with a, with a limited uh, olfactory sense, a limited ability to smell. I wouldn't ask them to smell some of the flowers in my backyard, right? Or the perfume I'm wearing, which I don't actually have any. I probably smell a little sweaty, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, so you just, you don't ask somebody to engage on a level that they have demonstrated their unwillingness or inability to operate at. So maybe that's just for you. Maybe that's just for me. Maybe that's just for us. That maybe that's why we love hanging out with other people like us so much. Because we get to more readily just hang out <laughs> in the wider range of consciousness with other people that do get it. And it's just, oh, thank God, right? But um, going back to what I was just saying earlier about that second upgrade of not, ex not asking anyone else to get it, that is such a big thing. 
because a lot of us are in relationships with, um, <laughs> I want to use a Harry Potter term, muggles, <laughs> right? And I don't look down on muggles, right? They're, they're beautiful people. And I was a muggle, right? I mean, somebody could have called me a muggle because I was not in a state of knowing. Um, I had forgotten what I somehow sensed at an earlier age and whatever. I don't feel like somebody turned me off. I feel like in some ways I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm going to go in normal mode. I'm going to go, I'm going to go in normal mode. <laughs> go secret, go dark <laughs> with just five human senses and see and just maybe it'll be easier for a while, right? And it worked. It worked for 38 years. And I don't hate my life that I had before then. Happily married, happily mother, successful career, um, you know, successful, happy, healthy relationships, all those things. And then there was more, right? I didn't hit bottom before. You don't have to hit bottom before you have a further activation, right? And the best way to get more of your more is to utilize and engage with the energy that you are, right? And I, want, I do want to talk about that too before we wrap up. How are we doing on time? We're doing great on time. Okay, so let me get back to the other part though. Um, when we expect a muggle <laughs> to, to receive us and engage with us and believe in what we believe and, and see as real what we know as real, we are putting a lot of unnecessary pressure on that relationship. And you may be in some ways saying, I need you to see me in this expanded way. And some of you may be doing that because you need for someone to validate it so that you can trust it as real. But again, you're sort of asking the wrong person, right? And they're, that's not their job, right? And I, I'll never forget the time I was in. Uh, it was the second interview with uh, Lavendar from Starseed Radio Hotline. Some of you may know Lavendar. Starseed Radio Academy? Starseed Hotline? Something like that. Anyway, it, the first interview I had with Lavendar, she totally saw me. It was beautiful. It was so fun. And I love what came through. And then the second time, I, I think there was actually some dynamics where their, their guests had canceled and they were like, maybe Jill's available. We kind of liked her. <laughs> but the second time, it was just sort of like, huh. I felt like not really appreciated, not really wanted. And I was like, why did I say yes to that? Why did they ask me anyway? So it made my job harder. And I was glad that my audience showed up because I still made it fun, but it wasn't nearly as, as fun for me as Jill as it was the first time. And I remember hanging up the phone and saying to myself as my eternal self, what I call my team, I'm like, it's like she couldn't see me. And I felt what I call Metatron come around and say, it's not her job to see you. It's your job to see you. And I, I think I did exactly that. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That is, it is better here for me and as Jill when I make it my job to see me and I don't make it anyone else's job to see me. If someone sees me as I see me, awesome. But I'm not relying on someone to see me, to affirm me, to validate me to make sure I'm not going crazy, you know, whatever. That's not their job. It's my job. <sighs> okay, so I do encourage any of you to just, you know, pause for a minute for yourself, maybe even pause this message if most of you listen in the archive, or watch in the archive. And just consider for a moment, who have you been asking to see you and I, I wouldn't call them a muggle to their face. <laughs> they probably wouldn't say, who wants to be called a muggle, <laughs> right? But it is sort of like that, <laughs> right? Um, 
who have you been asking to see you from their muggle nature? Yeah, you probably got a few people on that list, I'm guessing. What if you stopped asking them to see you? What if you celebrated the way that they do love you, the way that they do appreciate you, the way that they do respect you and see you, and that just letting that relationship be what it is, and that it may never change. And it may change, right? If it's a journey like mine, where all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I see you now. I didn't before, but that may not even happen, right? Okay, so you have a lot of options here. And what you may find is that as you take the pressure off that relationship, that relationship actually flourishes to another level. Still a muggle and a non-muggle, right? Still a muggle and a wizard, <laughs> right? Um, but there can be a lot of healthy, happy, satisfying, mutually beneficial relationships where you're respecting them and loving them for what they are. And they're respecting and loving you for what you are as much as they can see. And frankly, as much as you can see, right? I don't want to pretend that I know my, my favorite muggles, um, and that I see everything that they are and that there's no surprises there. There's no other layers to them. I love to be surprised. I, I love it when somebody pleasantly surprises themselves. So I don't, I don't want to act as if, oh, you know, patting them on the head, you sad little muggle, you can only see visible light. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be condescending to them. I don't want to think condescendingly about them. I want to know that as their eternal self, they are absolutely whole and complete. They're not an unevolved soul and that they're having an experience here as their humanness where they're pretending to be a muggle. Are they capable of so much more? Hell yeah. All life is capable of so much more. But we're in a, a cycle, we're in an age, we're in a phase of, of experiencing itself here as life where there's a lot of repressed, suppressed glory. We knew that coming in as our eternal self. Our eternal self isn't like, oh crap, I went in the wrong timeline. Oh shit, what am I doing there in 2000 whatever? Oh my God, I got off, I got off of the wrong stop. I was supposed to come in at 3110. I'm in the dark age, <laughs> what have I done to myself? Get me out of there. No, it's not like that, it's like, okay. We knew this was going to be a really weird time, very slow pace, muggles and wizards interacting together. Ah, let's see, see how we can make this work. And there's going to be value in this or we wouldn't be there. Let's see how we can be our light no matter what. Can we be a healing force? Can we be compassionate? Can we be a version of grace and a version of wisdom? Can we be a version of peace? Can we be a version of love that is closer to a to a wizard sort of vibe than a muggle sort of vibe. Yeah. Because so much is possible here. <sighs> okay, very good. Okay, so let me get back to what we were kind of touching on. And then I said I'd come back to it. And now we're back to it. Okay. The best way that I know to expand the otherworldly yumminess wizardry that you are is to use it. Okay. Okay. So I know you have insecurities. <laughs> Most of us do at some level have some sense of, I think I'm good at this, but I don't even know if I'm good at this, right? What if 
you're amazing at it and you just don't know it yet? What if you're better than the average and therefore it's worth you doing it? Am I saying that you should quit your day job? No, I'm not. We're in an age where income and money <laughs> and, and finances and personal financial respons responsibility is a really good thing to have in your life, right? So nobody needs to go quitting their job in order to expand their wizardry or use or put their wizardry to use, right? You can use it from wherever you are, right? Wherever you are is a wonderful starting point. So what do you think you might be fantastic at that you want to try out more, right? I remember doing practice readings when I realized I was intuitive. And for those of you that don't know my story, I do encourage you to look at the playlist of interviews. So if you're on YouTube, um, there is a playlist called interviews. And that would be a great way because pretty much in most interviews, especially the ones that I haven't interviewed with them as often. So I do lots of interviews with John Burgos on his show Beyond the Ordinary. And I have another one coming up, I think, in the next six weeks. We haven't booked it yet, but I'm on the agenda. Um, anyway, so some that where you're like, oh, this is she only interviewed with this person once. Chances are I told my, I guess, origin story. Here's my, my older sister who's really into Marvel, <laughs> Marvel comics and that kind of thing, or Marvel movies. She taught me about origin stories. And I'm like, oh, we all have an origin story. Pick a good one. Like, make it good, right? Make it hold, make it hold the, make it big enough to hold the gloriousness and all the potential of what you are. So my origin story, right? Uh, my awakening story would be in those interviews. That would be a great way to get kind of get caught up. Okay, so um, I did practice readings. Um, that means I would pretty much ask anybody, can I please do a reading for you? <laughs> and I, you know, was sort of like, okay, anyway, so that was that was an experience. And I was like, okay, I'm good at this, but it's a little clunky. Um, anyway, we can talk more about that another time if you want. Um, and then once I realized I was good enough, then I wanted to charge, but it was more like hobby income. I still had my day job. I never would have left my day job to do this full time for me as Jill. That wouldn't have been a choice I'd made, but um, I'm married and my husband has his career. So we both decided for various reasons, including that I wanted to stay home full time with my daughters when they were little. Um, that was another reason why I left corporate. It wasn't like, I'm going to be a light worker or something like that. That wasn't that wasn't the main thing. But it, it did offer me more time to do that stuff. Anyway, so once I started charging and doing it on the side, in addition to my corporate work, I did healing fairs. Um, we had healing fairs in my little community of Boise, Idaho. And I would go to a wellness festival that is um, up north, the Sun Valley Wellness Festival in Sun Valley, Idaho. Um, I bought a booth, I did readings, and it just sort of made sense to me that I would go where people are that want to get readings, right? That seems to make sense. And I would venture to say that all of you within a reasonable drive or train or bus or whatever could get to a healing fair if you wanted to try out your skills in a more professional way, right? Yeah, so anyway, and or just use it, know you're using it more in your everyday life in a way that's fair, right? And respectful of other people's space and that kind of thing. But you get to make those decisions for yourself. I don't give just on the spot readings for the woman in front of me and mine at the grocery store. I, I, I think that's a little much. Um, personally, this, you know, we, you, you all, we all have our own standards and our own personality types, but I just think it's creepy. Um, and I, I would not do that. <laughs> it's not that I can't get anything 
but the way that I choose to use my gift is sort of like a kitchen faucet. Um, because I re yeah, yeah, I feel some of your team saying, yeah, sure, this part, Jill, this is important. I remember feeling, because when I first started sharing, I would share written messages. And I, I do love sharing written channeled messages. Still, it just takes more time than this, just turning on the mic and turning on the camera and saying, okay, go. <laughs> but I remember wanting to write something else, but I felt like there wasn't an upload. And I said to my team, I said, it would be cool if it was there when I wanted it to be there. And they were like, oh, kind of like a kitchen faucet that you go and turn on. I'm like, yeah, that would be cool if I had more control over when something sort of came through in that invisible spectrum of light sort of sensation. Um, and it was there when I wanted it or there when I needed it versus just when, when like you guys wanted to share it or whatever. And they were like, Oh, yeah, we can do that. And I was like, Oh, really? That, that's okay. <laughs> nice. And I think that made me more confident in readings too, because then I knew that whenever I was doing a reading that there would there would be water in that tap and that all I had to go was tap it on or turn on the faucet. And that works really well for me. And you may want to try that out for yourself because I, I didn't like the stories I had heard about other channelers and things where they were like, you know, on vacation with their family and they got an upload and they were locked in a bedroom for two days and self-locked in a bedroom trying to like, oh my God, it's still coming. I'm, you know, like it, like it was a force that sort of took them over. I don't, I'm not cool with that. And I wouldn't like to engage with this sort of energy that would be okay just taking me out for two days as if I didn't have a say in it. So anyway, I didn't like that system. And I didn't like that idea that I wouldn't, I'm a control freak, see? That's <laughs> what so my team just said, yep, that's true. <laughs> Owning it. <laughs> okay. But you get to decide. And it, it is a cool story, though. Oh, I was, you know, uh, I was awake at night at midnight. And, and then this message started coming through. And 14 hours later, I finally got it all. I mean, to some people, to some audiences, it's like, oh, my God, that's so like you are woken up at midnight and it took 14 hours. That's so awesome, right? Some people love that sort of like, oh, you know, um, I'm, I like my sleep. Thank you. <laughs> and the, there are times when I wake up 3 a.m. Um, but it, it always feels like I have a say in the matter. And I, I like that because I want to be respectful of myself and my life and that my life matters too. So, and there's the invisible spectrum of light that I allow alongside my other more normal sense of life. Okay. All right. That feels like everything that we wanted to share um, for the John Burgos special offer. Cause I know I get to meet a lot of you through the special offers because I tend to offer private sessions through those at discounted rates. And I, I love to meet you guys. I just, I want to say that I, I hope I never fall out of love with the private session work. I just, I love meeting you guys. It is, it is, I know some of, and I, this is so, uh, I feel very fortunate that I get to, to do what I do. And I just, I know some of you get really excited to meet me. I want you to know that I get really excited to meet you too. Um, so, you know, when it's somebody new and I'm like, Oh, Natalie, that's so cool. You know, normally before a session, I see like, have they done any classes before or not? I'm just curious. Like, how do we know, how does she know me or how does he know me and how do we know each other so far? And sometimes there's people, some of you book sessions and you haven't done any classes. We've, I've never heard your name before. So those are fun too. And it's always like, Oh, wow. Okay. She's doing a reading. And I like, she's not even been on my radar as Jill in my work. So that's, those are, they're all fun. And of course, repeat clients. I mean, I think for any of us that do anything, it's such a, 
it's such a testimony in and of itself when you have somebody that is coming back to you again for for more because they liked what they that they got and and they knew that there was more there for them and there's more support and yeah so that's it's very um it's humbling and validating right when somebody like they go on repeat trips with you or they do repeat sessions with you and they know that I don't want to be someone's crutch. So I don't even offer a package of sessions anymore. I don't offer mentors, mentorships. Um, but I get it. Some people will only do work with somebody that can teach them how to do what they do. And I've, I've, I've entertained that idea before, you guys. I, I remember, gosh, at the very beginning when I was doing podcasts on Blog Talk Radio. It was probably 2000. I think my first one was 2011 and that was, we didn't even call them podcasts then. I did podcasts before we called them podcasts. I'm not taking credit for that. I just, it's funny. Um, and now it's such a thing, but it wasn't that many years into doing what I do. And there was a, a woman I respect very much, Nancy in town and, um, her light just, Oh my God, there's so much wisdom and so much mastery that I saw so easily within her. And she said, I said something about a class that I was teaching and that she may like it. And she said, I'll teach a class when you teach, when you teach how to do what you do. And I remember being sort of offended by it. And it was just like, oh, and I was like, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Why would I do that? Right. But I get it that there's a lot of really, really popular teachers that that's maybe their main business is teaching people how to channel or teaching them how to be intuitive teaching them how to heal. That's the main focus of their business. And I have, and some of you may do that, right? <clears throat> and it is what it is. And I think there's more demand for some of those things, but that's, I'm not excited about helping you do what I do. I'm helping, I'm really excited about helping you see who and what you are as your eternal self. And what you decide to do with that would be totally up to you. And I'm cheering you on in whatever you decide to do with that. I just don't look at us as having come to do a job. I don't look at it as Jesus came here to heal or that he came here to die for the sins of humanity. You know, I just have a completely different perspective on all of that. So I don't believe I incarnated to be, you know, a, a messenger of light or, or an intuitive or you know, whatever else I am, code activator, <laughs> uh, inserter of light in the dark age, you know, I don't, that's not, that's not why I came here. Is it part of what I include in what I am? Yes, it is, right? But to me, it's not, we didn't come here to do a job. We came here to be our unique version of light. And we get to decide what that means in terms of what we do, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I also, I don't, yeah, and we've talked about that before. I won't go into that today and it does feel like we should wrap up. Okay. Those of you that are live here. Um, oh, Penny, sorry, you had a question earlier and thank you, Suzanne, for answering her. Any comments or questions or add-ons that you guys want to have that are in the, in the live room here on Zoom? type away and I'll include them while I get a drink of water. Samson's doing well. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him, little sweetie. He does. Um, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, he's, 
He's eating well, he's pooping normal, peeing normal, playing normal. I just took him to the park again today and he, man, he, it's so cool to hear him run by you. It sounds, I mean, just that force of energy of like a horse running by you, like at a horse race or just a horse just flying through a field. He, I, there was this joy, I have a tossy because I'm a horrible thrower. <laughs> I can't throw the ball worse shit. So I have this tossy thing. I think it's called the chuck it. And I have these orange rubber balls that he loves that go with it. And I tossed it one way um, where I was going to toss it. What happened? Oh, the ball fell out. So he ran like the wind uh, one direction in the park. And then I realized there was a, uh, a group of three people with their dog um, that was coming the other way. So then he kind of, he gets way out there in the field and then he looks around like I tricked him and I didn't mean, I was like, Oh, Sam, sorry, the ball fell out. So then I threw it the other way. So it would, and normally this doesn't happen. So I got to throw the ball the other way and hear him run past me. And I was like, Oh my, it's just thrilling. Just, you know, his legs and the force of anyway, he's fine, uh, physically, but obviously something's going on and he does eat grass regularly. And I did do some research and you guys aren't talking yet, so that's why I'm still going. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, thank you. Suzanne is adding something here. Thanks, Suzanne. I'll get to that in a second. Let me finish this probably non, non-purposeful story. Um, I, he, I did read on the internet that some dogs just eat grass. They just do. That doesn't mean they're sick. They just do it. Um, you know, his, we buy really super high quality food for him and I have switched his food around sometimes and I, that did not, I don't think he liked that. He kind of moaned, just kind of, uh, when he'd lay down at night and he's on great vitamins, he's nine years old. So obviously I pay extra attention to how else can I support him in his, his more elder years here. Um, anyway, he's a good, he's not just a good boy. He's a great boy. Okay. <laughs> Very good. All righty. Suzanne, what are you, what are you sharing here? She says, um, mm, thank you, sister. She's saying, thank you, Jill, for today's messages, verbal and <clears throat> transmission activation. Many of us would do more with you if we could. Oh, thank you, Suzanne. I totally feel that. And I, I, I don't want anyone to feel like they're not, you know, meaningful or valuable to me or in in our you know awesome wizard tribe if, if they because they don't buy things from me it's not about that and that's why i love this opportunity that that i take and make to share things at no cost um it feels really good to me to do something for with no obligation i don't even ask you to send it for a newsletter right i just i just toss it out there and it is fun uh to have that option to do that and i i feel good about making it so there we go Okay, and then the rest of what she said and the testimonials also speak volumes about a private session with you. I am concerned about Samson. Yeah, no, he's okay. And, and I hope that with the rest that I shared there, he's, he's, he is doing great. And I, you know, I'm keeping an eye on him. So um, Elise is saying, I'm so enjoying this message. Jill, XOXO, Elise, I love you, sister. I'm so glad to hear that. Okay, and Suzanne is also saying, I also love the focus for today. Me too. I, I thank you for that. I'm glad you did too. Samson is a lovely boy. I agree, Elise, he is. Uh, Rose is saying, I am still reverberating from my session with you. This message resonated with that too. Loved this message. Oh, good to hear it, Rose. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, Suzanne. She's saying, yes, we so appreciated these and your Facebook posts. Very resonant and needed. Oh, good. Uh, resonant. Sorry, I mumbled right there. Um, yeah, Facebook, I felt a little, 
Mm. I'm not that jazzed about Facebook right now. I just, it feels a little weird. And the more I hear about the, uh, their whole, you know, it's not that I didn't know it before, but the more I hear about the whole selling of information and um, it sort of feels like a trick and then, you know, to get us on there and keep us on there and addictive. And sometimes I wonder if it's just not that healthy for us, but for some people it's like a lifeline and I don't want to discount that, which is why I'm still on there. If I didn't think that what I put there is adding some value to people's lives, I would just delete my whole account. Um, the pages, the personal account, I would just delete it all because I don't get I don't go there like for, I definitely go the, don't go there for information. And I think there is uh, hmm. <laughs> also for any of you that have looked into the fake account situation. And I know there's it seems like there's more press. And this was actually I do believe in the the evidence and the the proof. I think it's real proof that um, there were foreign. I'm a, I'm an American citizen. So a non, there was a non U S force and it happened to be Russian that actually made fake accounts and these fake accounts. There's some Joe Rogan interviews. There's a Sam Harris interview with somebody and, um, uh, how would you find it? Sam Harris doesn't have that many podcasts and it was probably from January, February. So if you look through Sam Harris's podcasts, You'll probably see one that talks about like Russian interference in the U.S. election of 2016 or something like that. Just listen to that interview or Joe Rogan's interview with the same person. Um, it's sort of like, holy shit. I mean, like, wow, the idea that there are actually um, like non-helpful intentions of putting phony information and fake information and sometimes when I see headlines from super savvy, wise people, and they're like, they're posting with, I, I just think there's a lot of really phony sources and flimsy evidence and research that is presented as fact. And I, I sometimes when I see a headline, I can, and I don't, I have no evidence whether I'm right or not, but I'll read some of these things that people post. And I don't want to be, I don't want someone to feel like I'm picking on you if you're doing that. But I, for me, sometimes I read some of these headlines and I'm like, that's not a real study. That's not, that's not real news. This is somehow, Samson, come here, I'll let you out soon. Um, I know you don't need to go outside, but you want to see who's walking around out there in the room. The girls are home. Um, there, I look at the, the, uh, like the, uh, URL of where it came from. And I'm like, that's an unreliable source. And even Forbes.com is not a reliable source because they've let other Forbes.com used to be like a legit journalism site. And then they, I think in the last two years, they've allowed for other things to come on. So I don't even, I mean, not that mainstream news is that reliable. What is reliable? We're in a dark age. Um, but there's a lot of just kind of like, that's a little that's either it's one sided or it's not presenting the full picture or it can be misleading and make it very hard for us to make really fully informed decisions. And there's a lot of things that that I know, even myself as Jill, I was just certain I knew. And then I hear other things and I'm or hear more information I'm like, well, maybe, maybe we did land on the moon. <laughs> you know, I, I just I can go either way sometimes. And luckily, it's on things that don't seem like they matter that personally in my life. Um, but I get it that sometimes we are just adamant that no, 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 I, I have the right information. I have it all figured out. And I know exactly what the other side said. And they're just wrong. 
I think that a lot of things that, that are very heated right now, we think we have all the information and we think we have it all figured out, but nobody has it all figured out. And maybe it's because it's unknowable. Maybe it's a bigger, more complex idea than either side is willing to uh, concede. Yeah, and that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. They're, they're, we're mad about things maybe that are going wrong and we, we're pissed off that we can't get right information or good information, but we're in a dark age. I mean, I think in many ways we knew that that was par for the course, but pretending like we know more than we do, I'm, I'm getting more uh, um, conscious of the dangers of that. Yeah, and then they're thus more willing to say, I can't prove this is true, but this is what I think is true. This is how I see it. This is what I know. This is how I'm shown it. And then you guys get to decide for yourself. Okay. All right. Now I won't get to all these comments here <laughs> that are coming up. Um, and I need to wrap up and get one of my niece's birthday cards in the mail before the mail comes. All right. I love you guys. I think that's good. <laughs> okay. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad I made the, the 15 minutes effort <laughs> to brush my hair <laughs> and put on a, put on a nice shirt um, to meet with you guys today and have a video for you. So thank you so much. I won't be here next week. I have some other things going on and it's 4th of July. So uh, in the US, it's a week long holiday for a lot of people. So I won't have a new message for you next week. I hope you enjoy this one and you may want to listen to it again. Um, or if you, you miss what we do here, then just go in the archives. It is so cool how with what you and I do together, we hear new things, even when we've heard something before. That's true of the classes we do together. It's true of the private sessions we've done together. It's true of, you know, podcasts that we've done before. Just pick something and listen to it again and, and feel the love <laughs> of your eternal self, obviously me and my eternal self for you and the unique light that you are here. Okay, I love you. Bye bye for now. Bye bye.